Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Asheville, North Carolina with my good friend Christy Tully, the author of 100 Things to Do in Asheville Before You Die by Reedy Press. She's been visiting Asheville for more than 30 years and was smitten from the start. Christy's visited the city countless times and writes about it often as a travel writer. In this episode, Christy and I talk about exploring the River Arts District, attending the Chow Chow Food and Culture Festival, and seeing the animals at the Western North Carolina Nature Center. You hear about these three amazing experiences, plus so much more. If you know someone that wants to visit North Carolina, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to Christie's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Asheville. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account. Hey, Christy, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Today, we're talking about one of my favorite cities, Asheville, North Carolina. I've been there a few times with my family, with my parents, my brother, and then now with my own family. And I love going there because like all the like the nature and then like the really cool building from the Biltmore. And plus, I like beer. And there's a lot of great breweries there. It's great to have you on the show and share your amazing tips for the city. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here and to share those tips. So what's your connection to Asheville? Well, I have been visiting Asheville, gosh, I'd say about 30 years now. I'm a travel writer, travel editor. I've been for many, many years, but I went there for the first time with my husband. We actually spent our first anniversary there exploring the Biltmore Estate and, you know, so many other charms that Asheville possesses. And since then, I've just been smitten. I go back as often as I can. I've written about it extensively over the years. It's just one of the best places to go. And I'm lucky to live in the Carolinas where I have a road trip access to this fantastic city. Absolutely. So uh, like you mentioned road trip there. So like I live in Nashville. So again, it's a, it's a road trip for me as well. But for like when I used to live in California or people that international listeners as well, how do we actually get to Asheville if, if we don't live locally? There is Asheville Regional Airport. That's just about maybe 12 miles from downtown and airlines that service, um, you can get there through American, United, Delta, Allegiant, JetBlue, and I think Sun Country also. Okay. So if, if we're fly- say we're flying into the city, then from the airport to the actual downtown area, like is there public transportation? Do we rent a car? Just grab a taxi or Uber? Like what's the best way to get from the airport to the city? Yeah. I mean, you could do Uber, Lyft, both. They service the area. You can rent a car. Personally, I'm a big car fan. I like to have access to my own vehicle so I can have the flexibility of going in and out. That being said, downtown's very explorable on foot. It's very walkable. Parking can be a challenge on weekends if you have your own vehicle. So staying downtown is a good option if you want to just park your car and just walk around and then just grab your car if you need to. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I know there's a lot of really cool places to walk around there. Uh, there's like a children's science like museum that's there. 
that I know we went to, and it, it was a lot of fun. And there's some breweries that are downtown. So it's great to be able to walk, but also like having that rental car, being able to get out to like the nature center, right? going out to the Biltmore. Cause like just getting to the Biltmore gate is one thing, but getting from the gate to the actual, actual manor, as well as some of the other like ancillary buildings, it's several miles. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you don't expect it, but, but it's like, oh wait, we're here, but we're not here yet. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So let's take a step back. We're say we fly in or drive in. And then from there, uh, getting to the city center. Do you have any recommendations as far as hotels? Okay. So I have a lot of recommendations, <laughs> but it, it is really hard to pinpoint just one because travelers are different. People are going to be looking for different things. One of my big favorites is the Omni Grove Park Inn. I'm sure people have seen it. It's just this grand granite stone resort. And it was built in 1913 and actually was uh, built from stones that were mined from Sunset Mountain nearby. So that in and of itself, it really captures the essence of the arts and crafts movement. If that's something that's interesting to you, history, um, you can even go to the front desk and they'll provide you with a kind of a sheet of paper with all these historic things that you can look for in the resort. And I mean, the guest book reads like a who's who. You've got historic figures, past presidents. F. Scott Fitzgerald actually stayed two summers there while his wife Zelda was being treated at the nearby psychiatric hospital. <laughs> and you can actually rent, you can stay in those rooms. I think it's 441 and 443, I think. Don't quote me on that. But <laughs> but yeah, he used one room for sleeping and the other room to ride in. Yeah, it's just, it's a AAA four diamond property. And the spa, if you are a spa fan, you definitely have to check out the spa there. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I haven't really stayed at too many Omnis. Uh, I'm more like the miles and points a lot of times with like right. you know, Marriott's and, and Hilton's and everything else. But I know there's a lot of those good options there as well. My favorite is Kempton. So they have a great Kempton there as well. And, and we stayed there a few times and it, it's super nice. Okay, so beyond where we're going to stay, if people are planning their trip, you know, like I have kids, so a lot of times it's like summertime or holidays, but I know that there are certain festivals that happen throughout the year. And then also Carolina weather can be a little challenging, especially if you're up there in the, in the mountains. So what's the weather like throughout the year? And are there any festivals that you recommend people planning their trip around? I feel like the best time to visit Asheville are generally probably from about March through May. And then again, from September through late October, or maybe early November, of course, the summers, because in higher elevations, you're going to get cooler temperatures than you would in lower elevations. So the summers are just beautiful as well. In the spring, you also have the Biltmore blooms every year from April to the end of May, when Biltmore is just blooming. You've got thousands of Dutch tulips in April and May, I think is when they bloom. And then later in the season, all the azaleas start blooming. Then you've got the rhododendrons and the mountain laurel. I mean, there's really no bad time to visit Biltmore, honestly. <laughs> well, no, I, I know we've actually been there a lot of times like for Christmas and it's so pretty with all the lights everywhere and obviously being able to hang out with Santa and all that good stuff. But yeah, like you said, I think they have something for every season at, at the Biltmore, which is fantastic. Right. Uh, what are some of the other festivals for the actual city? As far as festivals go, you also have the Chow Chow Food and Culture Festival around September. And 
I mean, Asheville is just such a foodie destination. You will definitely want to hit that food festival. And then you have the Leaf Global Arts Festival, which is typically in October. And it's just a, a beautiful example of like the creativity and the arts movement and everything there. So there's so much wonderful festivals that you could, you should really hit. Oh yeah, that absolutely. And I know there's a, a river that kind of runs right there through the city and you can go hang out on the, on the river or you just like, you know, do some rapids and, and everything like that. So that's a great way to cool off, even if it gets a little warm in the summertime. For sure. So we, we know where to stay. Uh, we know how to get there. We know when to, when to go. What are some of the things we should do while we're there in Asheville? As I mentioned before, Biltmore Estate is always top on my list. You've got different types of tours that you can explore the estate. So if you've been there before, you can do something different, like a rooftop tour. You can do red wine and chocolate tasting. Yeah, because they have their own, they have their own winery there. Yeah, yeah. They even have like a Biltmore house backstairs tour, which takes you kind of behind the scenes to see like what it was like to be domestic staff there. So if you have any Downton Abbey fans <laughs> or anything like that, that would be a, a good one for them. And then the North Carolina Arboretum is a good one. It's within the Bent Creek Experimental Forest of the Pisgah National Forest. And it's it's right near the Blue Ridge Parkway. And it's like 434 acres. You've got you know, vibrant flower gardens. You've got these lush grounds. They've, they've got really groomed forest trails. It's just a a lovely escape. And there's a little bistro there. They've got a gift shop with art, garden items, jewelry, and things like that. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I travel a lot with, uh, with our kids and I love being able to find things like that where you can be outdoors, but it's, it's a little bit of a hike, but not so challenging where the kids are going to be wanting me to carry them, you know, as we're going, as we're going up the mountain. Yeah. And I mean, kids will love too the Western North Carolina Nature Center. I mean, that's a, a real popular one. It's uh, 42 acres and I think it's a natural heritage site, but they have like 60 species of wildlife of the Southern Appalachian Mountains and they have endangered species like the red panda and the American red wolf. And something I learned that I did not know that it's actually one of only 28 facilities in the country that participates in the Red Wolf Recovery Program, which is really cool. Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the animals there have either like been injured or imprinted or something to where they can't be in the wild. So they're, they're really protected there. They've got black bear, pygmy goats, you name it. Tons of animals. <laughs> you got to bring your walking shoes for that because like I remember walking and like – there were some a little bit of inclines uh, as you're walking around through because it's kind of built in the in the slope of one of the local hills or mountains there. Right. And uh, we actually were there right when they got the red panda uh, a few oh, years ago. Oh yeah. And my kids loved it, especially now that the red panda movie came out. True. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen that yet, but it looks fun. <laughs> now I know that uh, from the times I've been there in Nashville, it's like you got a like a cool eclectic mixture of artists and brewers and musicians and everything else. And so I think one of the cool things there is like the river arts district. Oh yeah. I love the river arts district. I mean, I could spend hours there to be honest. You've got like a mile stretch of about 20, I think 22 former industrial buildings and it's along the French broad river. So you have that view as well. And you can visit like these working studios of artists, you know, they're painters, they do pottery, jewelry, even furniture making and things like that. It's open every day. And, and it's not just inside the studios. That's the cool thing. 
the artists have painted like the outer building facades. So you've got these outdoor sculptures and then you've got little sculptures that are kind of like tucked inside alcoves. And if you can plan it, go during a second Saturday. On the second Saturday of each month, they hold gallery walks and they do demonstrations and workshops and they have live music and wine tastings. I mean, it's just crazy good. It's a fun place to be. And then you've got, you know, food, breweries, things like that around there too. No, that sounds perfect. Now for people that aren't, maybe they don't rent a car or they just don't want to drive and deal with like the hassle of parking and stuff like that. Uh, I think there's like a hop on hop off bus tour or something like that, right? Yeah. The, the trolley, the gray line trolley that's at the visitor center. And honestly, I would be tempted to start there because it gives you a good lay of the land to start your trip. And then you can hop on, hop off, however you want to do it. And the people who are doing the tour on the trolley are just so well, well versed in, in the history. It's just a really good opportunity to understand the whole area. And it's great for families. It's just a lot of fun. Absolutely. So say maybe you're traveling with a group or, you know, just like with your, with your spouse or, or significant other, I know other types of tours are, are kind of fun, whether they're, they're centered around food or the breweries or the bars or other types of things. Do you have any other recommendations for like fun tours? Well, I, I'm one of those people too. I love to just kind of curate my own, <laughs> my own experiences sometimes. So I think, say, if you say you have a girl's weekend, I would recommend booking like a session at the Asheville Salt Cave for like a massage or just to experience the Salt Cave itself. And then maybe go to the Battery Park Book Exchange and Champagne Bar. Asheville Wellness Tours, they do fantastic tours. You can do like a forest bathing experience or a yoga hike. I highly recommend them. And then, of course, the breweries sample all the restaurants. That's a given with any trip. If you're with your family, of course, like I said, the Gray Line Trolley Tour is a great option. And then the Curtis Wright Outfitters, they do a falconry experience that if you want something really unique and something your kids definitely probably have never done before, the Nature Center. And then No Taste Like Home is a, is a tour company, and they do a really cool food foraging tour that gives you a really unique perspective on the natural, you know, what's sourceable in your area and finding those kinds of things. And then they, they cook it up for you. It's really neat. Oh, that is really cool. Yeah, it's definitely like it's like that farm to table, but you're actually foraging for the food. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Right uh, now, you mentioned earlier you know, something like, straight to my heart is uh, all the breweries and everything that are there in, in Asheville. I'm all about checking out the local beers. Do you have some recommendations as far as like some good breweries to check out? Oh, absolutely. There are a lot of <laughs> breweries. As far as breweries go, I would definitely recommend Highland Brewing Company because that's what started the whole beer boom in Asheville. And, and it's been around since like 19, 1994. And the Highland Brewing Company emerged as the city's first legal brewery since Prohibition. And it, it really started Asheville's craft beer revolution. They have a downtown tap room and they also have a tap room. If you haven't been to the SW Market Food Hall, they have a tap room there. And I love that area too, because you can go into the food hall, it's history, and then you've got all these great restaurants that you can kind of pick and choose. Yeah, absolutely. That's what, 
you know, I have like way different tastes as far as food than my wife. And she kind of gets bored of <laughs> a lot of the food that I like. And so when I can go to places like a food market like that, where she can find something a little bit more exotic and a little bit with a lot more flavor or a lot more heat, you know, right. <laughs> I eat them stuff a little bit more bland a lot of times. And she wants like all the hot sauce and all the different spices and everything. And so we can both be happy because there's like a little bit of things for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another brewery I would recommend would be Green Green Man because it's one of Asheville's oldest too. I think it came around, I think in 1997. And they've got two locations. They've got what they call the Green Mansion. And it's like this three-story, 20,000 square foot building. You know, it's where they have their packaging hall. They've got a shop, a tasting room. And then the OG Green Man, it, it's Dirty Jacks on Buxton Avenue where it's the Asheville's first tap room. So that's where they brew like all their specialty stuff. Yeah, they have some good stuff. And then also burial should be on your list. They've got the South Slope location and then they have a forestry camp location. But they're Charlotte Bolo Coconut Brown Ale and their Surf Wax IPA. Both of those are really good. <laughs> oh, right on. That sounds really good. Yeah. Uh, another one that we went to when we were there, because you know, obviously we're traveling with our kids and everything, is uh, Whistle Hop Brewing. Right. That's like a kind of a unique thing where it's like, it's almost like a train station and like they have a cool little area out there for the kids to play. And uh, I think that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Right on. Okay. So we're, we're talking obviously about all the, all the, you know, all these different breweries and everything. And you mentioned like the food hall. What are some of the other food places we should hit up while we're there? There are so many restaurants. I think probably the one I hit every single trip and I love it so much. It's called Laughing Sea Cafe. And it's on Wall Street. It, it's this amazing vegan vegetarian place. But I promise you, if if you eat meat, you will love it. My husband is like a diehard omnivore, but he really enjoys the food there. Their buffalo tacos or the Reuben is also ridiculously good. And you have to order the vegan cashew queso. It is phenomenal. Right on. We'll definitely add that to our list. That's for sure. Yeah. And Corate is probably the other place I can't, I can't get enough of because it, you go with friends. It's like a Spanish tapas situation and the food there is just, I've never had a bad meal there. It's just incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, obviously when they travel with kids, their, their palate is a little less refined. True. <laughs> so they want things a little bit more plain and a little bit more basic. Do you have some good suggestions for breakfast or, or lunch that like they would find acceptable? From a breakfast perspective, there's a lot of lot of really good options there. I'd say probably Sunny Point Cafe. It's around West Asheville area. And then also Sawhorse is really popular too. Um, as far as, oh, Tupelo Honey. You've got to go to Tupelo Honey. That's a really good one too. And then one of my other favorites for lunch is Farm Burger. Have you ever eaten at Farm Burger? No. Oh my gosh. Mark it down. The next time you're in Asheville, you've got to go there. Their burgers are ridiculous. And they do a crazy good veggie burger. But yeah, it's so, so good. And it's downtown. It's so easy. It's so yummy. They're made from like the hickory nut grass-fed beef. You know, no GMOs, no antibiotics, none of that junk. It's just such good food. Yeah, so natural. Oh, that sounds amazing. A couple of last times we were there, a couple of great places that we went to was like uh, Troll Bone Smokehouse. Oh, yeah. That was really good. Oh, my gosh. You, and that's another one I forgot to mention. That is such a good restaurant. The the one at the River Arts District, and they also have a, one off Hendersonville Road. 
I mean, you know it's good when President Obama declared that 12 Bones was the second reason <laughs> for his return trip to Asheville. <laughs> so, and th their creative barbecue sauces are really cool. They have like a pineapple habanero and I think like a blueberry chipotle or something. And their sides are out of this world, like mac and cheese, jalapeno cheese grits. So, so good. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and then another place that my kids really enjoyed, and I did too because uh, they had really great beers and, and great cheesy bread, is uh, the Asheville Pizza Company. Oh, right. Yes. I think you and I talked earlier about like the best pizzas, and that was definitely Asheville Pizza and Brewing. Is that is that what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the big arcade yeah, downstairs yeah. and everything. Yeah, it's so, so good. And the movie theaters and stuff like that. Yeah, that's a fun place to go. Yeah, that tops best pizza in Asheville list, like every list. And then you've also got 828 Family Pizzeria. That's a real solid option too. It's over on Merriman Avenue across from Ingalls. They specialize in New York style pizza. And I think it's been in business since like 1933. So that should tell you the quality of their pizza. <laughs> For sure. I love those businesses like that, that it's obviously, you know, family owned, uh, you know, small mom and pop type of shop that has that long history. And it's just like, yeah, it has all the local flavor that you want when you're traveling. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. To me, that's the part I love most about traveling to Asheville and really anywhere is connecting with the community and and learning more about the people who run the businesses. And just to me, it just makes makes it such a much more special experience. Absolutely. Now, uh, one thing also, like as far as like connecting to the local community and, and trying everything out, like I said earlier, you know, I love using miles and points to travel uh, to be able to save some money, but a lot of times you want to be able to also experience like the local culture and architecture and everything else. Do you have any recommendations as far as like Airbnbs or like bed and breakfast type properties? Absolutely. There is a bed and breakfast called Lion and the Rose, and it's in the Monford Historic District. And Steve and Karen are the in innkeepers, and they are just so, so nice. They will go out of their way for you. And the the rooms, it's like this Queen Anne kind of Georgian style in, and they have restored it beautifully. You know, the classic architecture, you've got the original leaded and stained glass windows, period antiques. I mean, it is really a special place. And it's actually a stop on Asheville's historic trolley tours. So that tells you something right there. And when you stay, you have got to try one of Steve's beer moses. He makes his own beer. And that's part of the experience is you can enjoy his, his craft beer, but you got to have a, a beer mosa because I was really skeptical. But when I tried it, I'm like, I I was sold. It's so, so good. That's awesome. Yeah, trust my arm. I, I will uh, definitely try that out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Christy, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all those amazing tips for, for Asheville. I've been there a few times, but now I have even more things to do when I go visit. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Asheville, where would they go and what should they eat? I have to say Laughing Seed Cafe is still my all-time favorite. If you don't want to go into the vegetarian vegan route, definitely 12 bone smokehouse. Right on. And what would you order at the smokehouse? For me, because I'm vegetarian, <laughs> I would go with the mac and cheese and the jalapeno cheese grits and their corn pudding is so, so good. Oh, fantastic. Next time we go, if you come up with us, I'll eat your barbecue. You can eat all my veggies and we're both going to be happy. Perfect. That's a great idea. I'm, <laughs> I'm down with that. <laughs> right on. And so... 
so you like you said you've been going to to Asheville on and off for the last 30 years. I'm sure you have a lot of great experiences. What's one of your most memorable? I have to say the most impactful one and maybe I should preface this with maybe a trigger warning. I'm I'm not sure, but the most impactful was when we visited the week after the murder of George Floyd. It was June of 2020 and you know a lot of businesses were closed and boarded up because of the pandemic. But those large pieces of particle board that were in front of all of these businesses became perfect canvases for unbelievable graffiti art that really captured the heartbreaking reality of what was happening in our country at that moment. And honestly, it was a profound reminder of like of our responsibility as a society. And I mean, it still chokes me up when I think about that time. There was a peaceful protest was happening and we were able to join it. And that that singular experience for me with the art and the messages and the overall response pretty much encapsulated Asheville to me. Creative, inclusive, justice-loving, and community-driven. It was one of the most impactful trips I've ever taken, honestly, anywhere. Yeah, that's one of the things when when you have like such a large collection of artists, you know, like I mean, I'm my art is Excel and and, and podcasts and stuff like that. If you put me in front of a paintbrush, yeah, it's not going to end up good. But they're able to, to take the emotion and the feelings and and capture whatever's happening in history, whether it's June of 2020 or anytime at any point in history, and basically convey our thoughts and feelings into something that's a little bit more permanent and just amazing, you know? And so it's really cool to, that they were able to, to do that. And in some ways, maybe help a little bit of the healing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. There's never been a time I've left Asheville and not been inspired by just the creativity there and the community. Absolutely. Well, well, when you talk about creativity and, and a lot of the artwork that you find, they also think, think about like good times and, and happy memories. Where's the happiest happy hour in, in Asheville? I mean, can you think of anything better than sipping a cocktail and soaking up an Asheville sunset on a roof? So, you know, there are a lot of rooftop bars where you can do that, like uh, the Monford rooftop bar. It's on the eighth floor of the Doubletree. And Hemingway's Cuba has a really good rooftop bar. But I would suggest hooking up with Asheville rooftop bar tours because they're going to hit a few they're going to give you some light bites and you're going to learn about the the city's history. And it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, especially with a group or even a couple, it's just a, a great way to, to really soak in that beautiful sunset and that cityscape. Absolutely. And uh, either they're walking you around or driving you around. So you don't have to worry about that either. True. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. Like I said, like, you know, the Asheville, Pizza and brewing was like was my favorite when I was there. But do you have a do you have a favorite or do you have a recommendation? That was actually my my favorite too. I, I keep going back to that one. <laughs> yeah, all I say is that the pizza is really great. But I'm a big fan like of when they do a really good cheesy bread, and theirs was amazing. Plus, obviously, they have all the they have access to all the local breweries that are there, and so you have a great menu of rotating taps too. So that's fantastic. And what better combination is there than pizza and beer, to be honest? <laughs> I agree. I agree. Now, like you mentioned earlier, you alluded to your career as far as a, you know, a journalist and travel writer and editor. I also know that you wrote a book about Asheville. We'll talk about that in a minute. But 
throughout your career, I'm sure you've amassed like amazing collection of like travel tips. What's one of your best? The one I, I always go to is I'm a big planner. So I do like to have some semblance of an itinerary that I've kind of put together myself. But the thing that I think is most important because you want to have an idea because I mean, I have sort of a sense of FOMO. You know, I want to make sure I know about a place a little bit before I go because I don't want to miss anything fantastic, right? Absolutely. But I think it's also important to be flexible in that, you know, be open to change your plans and kind of let your trip unfold as it may. If you're staying in a hotel or a bed and breakfast, check in with the staff. Ask, you know, if you have lunch somewhere, ask your waiter or waitress, where do they like to go? Local shop owners. And you can sometimes quite often get recommendations that might not have even been on your radar. I think just local guidance can be a huge help. And I mean, it gives you a chance kind of to make new friends and be more connected to the community that you're visiting. Absolutely. That's, I, I totally agree. I mean, that's the whole basis of this podcast because a lot of people aren't as extroverted, you know, to be able to strike up conversations, but hopefully by listening to these episodes, they'll give them a little bit more courage that look, you know, the people that love these, live in these cities and work in these cities, they love where they, where they work and live. And if you give somebody a chance to be able to share their knowledge, they are more than happy to share it with you. Absolutely. Right on. Well, well, Chrissy, again, thank you for coming on the show and sharing all those amazing tips. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yes, I am a travel editor. I've been an editor and writer in the travel and tourism industry for about 30 years now. And my book, A Hundred Things to Do in Asheville Before You Die, is available just about everywhere you can imagine. And um, I share a lot more tips on things to see, places to visit, attractions to check out, food to eat. It's all in there. So I'm on Instagram. My name, Christy Tolly. You can find me on Facebook as well. So yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, we'll definitely include links to all those in the show notes. And Christy, it was great talking to you and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on the show and I'm, I'm ready to talk about Asheville anytime you want to. <laughs> what an awesome conversation with Christy. My family and I love visiting Asheville. It's an easy drive from our home in Tennessee for a long weekend getaway. You can find all the links we talked about today and our one-page guide to Christie's tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Asheville. We want to say thank you to AwardWall for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWall to start your free account today. Join us next time as I chat with my kids, Timothy and Scarlett, about water park adventures with family. In this episode, we talk about our favorite water parks, what to pack before you go, and how to stay safe during your visit. We hope you join us when we travel there. I love hearing your feedback about the show. Send me a tweet at WeTravelThere or email me at wetravelthere.com forward slash contact. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.